Welcome to the Thought Leaders to Watch podcast. I'm Catherine Mora, founder and CEO of Change Empire Books. We help coaches, speakers, and entrepreneurs write and publish quality books and get them out into the world. We believe that thought leaders are made through a combination of quality of service, planning, and authenticity. Do you want to impact lives and leave a legacy? Stick around until the end of the show and we'll reveal how you could be our next guest on the Thought Leaders to Watch podcast. Let's get started. Your host, Starla Henderson here with this episode's thought leader, Troy Rice of farmbridge.com. I want to spell that for you guys because it's not farm bridge. It's farm bridge with two G's, not D-G. F-A-R-M-B-R-I-G-G-E.com. Troy, sorry for the long introduction, but hey, how are you doing? Thanks for being here. Good, Starla. Thanks for having me. I love having these conversations. Yeah, I'm um, really excited about your website and uh, just want to give um, listeners a, a heads up. We haven't had um, someone of your occupation or, you know, um, so we want to talk about farming. We want to talk about um, good food and um, connecting those who eat the food and grow the food and anything in between. Um, so there, I just told everybody what you do at your website, but why don't you put it, in your, put it in your own terms of what, um, FarmBridge is doing for, um, consumers and farmers and all those in between. Yeah. Yeah. So FarmBridge is a local food. We like to call it local food ecosystem because it connects, uh, farms, farm workers, uh, markets and consumers all in one. And so that, that's not where we started though. We actually, my wife and I are just really passionate about educating ourselves on where food comes from. Mm-hmm. And then most importantly, translating that to our kids, because we want them to choose the right foods, not just us telling them they should eat these foods, but try to choose them and educate them on where it comes from and why they should eat the foods that fuel their body. And so that's where it came from. Um, we launched an online farmer's market model in the state of Michigan in 2019, which mm-hmm. ran. Uh, but it was more of like a test phase um, and we needed to shut down and rethink. So we did and we relaunched uh, the new farm bridge in August of 2020 uh, amidst the pandemic still and have uh, focused on growing that. But we wanted to do more uh, than just what we were doing before with the e-commerce platform. We wanted to actually build educational and marketing tools, not only for the farms and farm workers, for the people that are out there actually uh, helping produce that food for us every day, but also to connect consumers to healthy food in their area so that they can find it for their families. Yeah. And so you're in Michigan, but this is not a tool just for Michiganders. Make yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. So this is a, it's a national platform pr- predominantly. We're just getting started, but it actually is designed to be global. So we have uh, a handful of Canadian farms on there. We have a handful of farms, uh, farm workers from the UK. We have a farm from Trinidad on there. And so naturally, because I live in Michigan, there's a lot of farms and stuff on there from Michigan. Yep. And it's starting to span across uh, the East Coast and then you know across the Midwest and the West. But yes, uh, eventually we want to build this robust platform that supports the entire local food ecosystem for uh, anywhere across the US and, and in the future global. Got it. And so, yeah, I mean, you mentioned some current dates, right? I mean, you were just kind of starting to get some things off the ground in 2019, and then this started August 2020. So let me ask you what you did before you did all this. Yeah, um, didn't start in agriculture. I, I didn't I didn't grow up on a farm. I had grandparents that owned a farm and everything. And so that's really the extent of that. 
uh, I went to school for finance and um, marketing and I had actually landed in uh, insurance for 10 years, uh, life insurance to start and then um, a property and casualty or specialty toys insurance company for the latter half of the years. But I spent most of my time there doing uh, analyst work. I was a strategy analyst. Um, I was an accounting supervisor for a small bit of it. I had an opportunity to coach a team. But then the last two years of the organization, I was able to help build uh, culture programs because I started to learn that I wanted to live my life uh, helping others feel uh, fulfilled with meaningful work. And so the company I worked for didn't have a recognition program, uh, talent development program, work-life integration, believe it or not, they didn't have that either. And so I led a, a, a bunch of initiatives with teams to build those uh, for this $2 billion company. And so that's what I did before this. Um, the reason for the change is uh, I had a, a form of depression. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's crazy to, to, to say that uh, with all the success kind of mentioned in that 10 years. Yeah. But I wasn't fulfilled with the work that I was doing. Um, I couldn't, I didn't come home to work from work every day and feel like I could share it with my family and be proud about it, be energized about it. And I didn't want to live that life anymore. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be that person to my wife. I didn't want to be that person to my kids. Um, And so I just, I sat down, just me and my thoughts needed to do something uh, before just completely hitting ground zero and um, came up with two things that I cared about, which is um, education in the form of speaking with students about bullying and then uh, agriculture. And then from there, I just started whiteboarding, writing out who I could talk to, who I could learn from, how I could grow it. And uh, in the matter of you know two or three years now, have um, founded a company uh, and grown it to a pretty sizable amount across the country here. Uh, and then I, I briefly mentioned it there, but I grew up bullied as a kid. Um, and so I wanted to get really smart about thoughtfully speaking about it. And so... Yeah. What I do is I go to middle school and high schools and universities, if they'll have me, and talk to students about perspectives of bullying, which is not to shun bullies, but to actually say that both a bully and the, the victim uh, are coming from the same place, which is insecurity. And so we can do a better job of asking uh, better questions. And that's what I wish that I would have done uh, when I was younger. And so those are kind of the two areas where I landed. And uh, I love what I do. Yeah. I can't wait to tell my kids. I'm homeschooling my kids now because of COVID. So I have an opportunity to teach them what I've learned um, along the way and uh, just loving what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like you weren't doing anything that wasn't valuable before. It just was something that you, like you said, you couldn't share with your kids and family and that's important to you. And so these, you know, this culture building with that company is, you know, some great teamwork and um, good projects, but differently um, just spoke differently to you than, than it does probably of those people that left behind and doing the work now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I would like to, the way that I think about this is creation, because what I've gotten to is that meaningful work really leads from creation and creation leads to purpose. And so, although I was leading teams and creating programs for this organization, impacting, um, you know, thousands of people, it wasn't the creation of purpose that was going to drive me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was the thing that I really needed to figure out because I didn't want to get into my 50s and realized that I really needed to do something different with my life. And so I don't like to look back on that experience and say, I wish I had done that or I regret doing this because I gained a lot of good um, relationships, a lot of leadership skills, teamwork, um, all those types of things. But what I needed to do was find the creation and purpose in my life. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some transferable skills and you had mentioned even sales and marketing before that. And so I imagine that's coming into um, good use with this new project at FarmBridge. Yeah. I mean, I would tell you on a daily basis, I have no idea what I'm doing <laughs> when it comes to marketing and I'm fully transparent about that. Um, and so I'm, I'm constantly learning uh, when it comes to that, I, which I guess most people are, right? Because it's it can be difficult to, to reach the people that you want in, in the most thoughtful way uh, and how you do that. And so I think that's always a game that we're willing to, to dabble in every day. Um, but there's one thing that I've always led with, which is just empathy. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was started to build FarmBridge, um, it entailed me driving out to as many farms that would have me in the area here sitting with them and not pushing a product, just listening to their stories, because most of them want to just be heard. Most of them want to share something relating to their family, being out in the field, just enjoying the soil. And I was there to just listen. And so that's really how FarmBridge was created, because I built a resource log of what farms were telling me that they really needed, what farm workers mentioned that they really needed. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, that's I mean, that's how I lead with lead my business every day is really through that relationship driven process. And with empathy, I, I love that. And um, that's important too. Um, so you're, you're leading in this space um, in thought leading, right? So, um, you know, and you, I think we, we talked offline too, you've done some writing in that space of thought leading. Can you tell us what you think that means to you? And then um, pick a story, right? Because you've got the bullying front, you've got your farm front, you know, you've got your family um, in um, a story in which you know that you are doing this thought leading thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so thought leadership uh, to me is going down to level 15 deep. Um, And what I mean by that is I get up every day and spend an hour uh, reading uh, and working out at the same time. And it allows me to hammer out close to 40 books a year um, in a wide range. But what I tend to do with that is live every day uh, as if I don't, I don't know anything. And every day I'm learning something new and I'm rethinking and then I'm relearning and what I like to do is take that and not only write for myself, because that helps me do a deep uh, reflection of what I learned and how I can share that with the world, how I can create something with the world with that. So I do my own personal writing, but it's also led to uh, a really good relationship with my writing coach who, who runs a thoughtful writing business. And I have an opportunity to basically tap into real life, uh, truth seeking meaning in life, and then help others and other businesses uh, share that through their own stories. In other words, they have a business that they're doing, but maybe they struggle with getting across what they truly love doing in life and how they connect with people. And so my job is to just take everything I learn and really share it down to that deep level 15 level uh, and help them market that or help them connect to their consumers. And so um, the best story that I love to share, and it's it's part of my story, but it's really part of somebody else. And it's, it's just an amazing story. But I I had an opportunity because of this writing and because of the speaking I do, I had an opportunity to speak at a school in Michigan. This is a bullying. Yes, I'm bullying. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually the teacher brought me in because uh, it was an old friend of mine, but he had heard that I was doing some agriculture stuff. He was leading an agriculture class. And then when he found out that I talk about uh, mindset and bullying and stuff like that, he's like, oh, sweet. I'll just double down. (laughs) So, So he brought me in. And of course I talk about agriculture, but I also took a different direction. I talked about the bullying, I talked about gratitude, um, and I talked about vulnerability. Um, And when I got into the space of vulnerability, we did a little exercise where classmates were allowed to uh, write something down uh, and then share it with the class. 
uh, and in a more of an emotional way that they may may not have done before. And this kid, 10, 10th grade student, um, stood up and said, um, I choose to uh, play music every day because last year my uh, younger sister was diagnosed with leukemia and my whole family was breaking and I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And the only way that I could channel that pain was to music. And I just like my heart sank. I could feel the whole classroom. And what's really beautiful about vulnerability is it doesn't matter what walk of life you are, you all feel it. Right. Um, so everybody in the room could feel that situation, whether they're his friend, whether they don't interact with him at all. Um, in that moment, they were all connected and you could, you could sense it. I could sense it. Yes. I just, I gave the kid a big high five and I said, man, that was a big moment. Um, and make sure that you continue to do that in your life. Yeah. So, um, really you're leading in this space by being vulnerable yourself, right. And, um, talking about your depression and, um, being bullied earlier in life and, um, sharing those thoughts and getting some clarity around them too, because I don't know many people who can, you know, um, put out there, right. Like, let's think about the bully and the perspective that they're coming from. Um, so, uh, just leading by example in that way. Yeah, I mean, I, I wrote an article, if, if anyone's curious, I wrote an article on this called Perspectives of Bullying um, on LinkedIn. And it comes from a reflection of, of thinking back to when I was in school, where um, I ended up dating one of my bullies um, later in high school that had bullied me when I was, I believe, in, in fourth grade, third or fourth grade. Mm-hmm. And what I would soon learn is that she was having a really difficult time at home, right? She yeah. uh was having a hard time with her dad and her parents weren't really getting along. And so because of that, she chose bullying as an outlet to make herself feel better, right? It was a, how could I overcome the insecurities that I am living in my personal life? And so once I was able to kind of get past that and then reflect on that moment, as far as like me dating her later in life, uh, helped me truly understand that we need to do less of shunning, less of pointing fingers and shaming people and more of asking better questions because behind the scenes, there's really something else going on at a human level uh, mm-hmm. that really connects the two people. And if we can get to that point, then I think we can make real change. Yeah. And I can't imagine, I mean, the the onus necessarily isn't on those being bullied, right? And then they may be some young kids or whatever. So the questions need to be asked um, and some of the things that you're raising, you know, on, on up the chain. Yes. Yeah. I mean, at, at all levels, I mean, I think it's quick to, if you're a parent, how you understand this, like it's quick to jump to to, to yell at somebody or to, to get frustrated, you know, with a child and stuff. I have four kids, so I completely mm-hmm. understand. So it's easy to do that, right? Cause it's easy to choose the person that is acting out in the moment, but right. it's not easy to slow down and have patience. And so that's the one advice that I like to give uh, parents and teachers is you have to learn to have patience in those moments because there's something else going on there besides just that pure act of behavior um, that just happened. Sure. Yeah. You have to ask, ask the question why, um, as, as soon as you can, right. Once this, the situation has, um, been dissolved a bit. So, um, you read 40 books a, a year. Um, I, that's what I heard you say, um, yeah. that, you know, that's, that's sizable, um, yeah. definitely admirable. Can you share one or two with us, uh, as a recommendation for our audience? We like to ask all of our guests that. Yes. Um, so, and I'll, I'll kind of talk about them in like author categories because um, they range. Uh, but I think if you stumble across these couple of authors are great. 
uh, David Eagleman, who's kind of newer to the scene, but um, wrote a book called Incognito, which is incredible. Um, he also wrote a book called uh, Live Wired, and it's it's all like about the brain and how the brain works. Those are those are my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a book called Black Box Thinking uh, by Matt Side. Uh, he, that one's one of my fa- personal favorites. Um, let's see here. Uh, Seth Godin, I've read every single one of his books, actually. Um, yeah. I just love the way that he thinks. Um, and that's typically how I choose my books, um, I, how people think, how they collect their thoughts, the truth seeking. Um, Adam Grant is a fam- is a favorite of mine. And um, so, yeah, I would say Incognito is definitely atop my list and uh, Black Box Thinking are too. Yeah. And uh, I guess one last one. Uh, Dan, I, say, I knew it'd be hard to, to pin you down to one. <laughs> Dan, Dan Ariely uh, wrote uh, Predictably Irrational, one of the best books that I've ever read. It's truly like digging into the irrational and irrational behaviors that people have and how they're so predictable if we truly think about it on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And so he wrote a number of books, uh, but that one is incredible. Got it. Um Thank you. Thank you for your recommendations. Um, thank you for your time, uh, the work that you're doing on all fronts. Um, it's really, truly admirable. I enjoyed learning more about it, um, but I know um, your pet project right now is FarmBridge. So if you want, um, go ahead and tell us again, the website and um, how you would like our listeners to connect with you if they have any questions about what's going on on that front. Yeah, if you're curious, uh, really all of us kind of fit into one of those spaces, uh, right? So if you're curious, I would encourage you to check it out. It doesn't cost anything to join. Um, All the resources and tools on there are free, uh, actually. And so I would encourage you to do that. Um, And that's uh, farmbridge.com. I'm also on social, so you can connect with me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, We just launched a new um, show. So it's called Wild Farm Show. It lives as a podcast, but as a YouTube channel. And it's me and a chef from Minnesota. Uh, and we're partnering and bringing on guests from all walks of life for farm, family, food, and fun. So it ranges from uh, other chefs in the space. It could be a health coach, uh, but it also could be a farmer, a farm worker, um, uh, anybody in those spaces. We brought in musicians even. And so it's kind of a fun show. Yeah. I would encourage you guys to check that out so you can see kind of what I do behind the scenes besides uh, running the organization of farm. And, and that's wild. Wild Farm. Yep. And it's W-Y-L-D. Wild Farm Family Fun is the full name of the show. Uh, But if you Google Wild Farm uh, or you search it on any podcast or any platform, uh, you can find it there. Yep. All right. Wild with a W. That that sums you up, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again, Troy. Yes. Thanks for having me, Starlet. Catherine Mora here. Thank you so much for listening to the Thought Leaders to Watch podcast. If you are a successful coach, speaker, or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit changeempire.com slash podcast slash apply. If you got something out of this interview, please share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Thought Leaders to Watch. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, changeempire.com, or follow me on LinkedIn as Catherine Moore.
We're on Facebook and Instagram as Change Empire Book Coaching. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. Thank you.